This episode touched me very much emotionally and I met Madiba Mandela, one of the grandsons of Nelson Mandela and as his grandfather he's fighting for human rights in a global perspective. We talked about the impact of technology on our behavior and also on human rights. We came up in the podcast with a key message that we should spread more love than hate just because there's out there right now too much hate. I hope you can take some insights from that podcast with you and hope you enjoy listening it. Now I'm sitting here actually in a really nice uh, lounge. Um, it's really calm. We have a table here um, and I'm sitting here with Madiba Mandela. Yes. Nice to have you here. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Fallen. Um, and greetings to your viewers. Uh, as you have explained, uh, my name is Yabulela Mandela. Mm -hmm. I'm from South Africa. I am currently based at uh, Nelson Mandela University, where I am doing my PhD studies in the field of international relations, focusing on um, South Africa's foreign policy approach to the African continent so far as conflict resolution, peace, security, and development is concerned in the continent. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's, that's me, man. Man, it's a, it's a huge topic, especially in our most recent times, you know, and um, the situation between all those big nations and countries, mm -hmm. you know, the separation of those. But let's step away back and what brought you actually to a tech conference? <laughs> Now, well, um, well, Florian, I, I, one of the, among the projects that I do um, internationally uh, as part and parcel of continuing um, uh, my great grandfather's legacy, Nelson Mandela, is to engage uh, the world in different uh, world stages on how do we make this world a better place for yeah. all? How do we, how do we address issues of uh, social injustice in different parts of the world? How do we help different countries to deal with immigration uh, crisis and immigration issues? And how do we um, lobby the world to come and invest in Africa, to come and develop Africa in order uh -huh. to be able to address some of the challenges that bedevil the, con the, the African continent, be it its issues that relate um, to Ebola, for instance, in West Africa, and we've seen another outbreak in Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, be it issues of tropical cyclone, just this idea that just recently hit uh, Mozambique and how do we lobby humanitarian organization to come and engage with those countries and come and intervene and assist governments to deal with all these plagues and how do we lobby the world to speak against injustices in different parts of the world for instance uh, how I think how Web Summit managed to get hold of me they probably had me speaking in an engagement uh, in Washington DC it was Africa Trade and Investment uh, business forum. There, I was speaking on issues of peace and development in the African continent. I was uh, among the speakers that were there, and I was also um, uh, invited to speak in different platforms in that particular country. And I engaged the American uh, community on matters of social 
justice and, and, and issues of human rights, peace and reconciliation. As you would understand, America is currently a country that is bedeviled with a lot of racial tensions and the racial tensions are on the rise in the American society. Uh, you find a situation where um, there is violence not only in the streets but now violence has moved into new territories such as schools. Our yeah. schools are now becoming uh, a place that is plagued with violence, are becoming a space that is no longer safe. Schools were supposed to be places that are safe. Churches were supposed to be places where people could run to but now in our days instead of educating our people using a, 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 a schools as a platform and places where we educate children where we educate where we empower people that's where people are now dying if you were to make an example of united states so i was engaging the american uh, community um um and also being a visiting scholar at george mason university a wonderful um uh, that they have a wonderful uh, department called ESCA, the School for Conflict Resolution and Analysis. That's where I also uh, took an advantage of getting my training in the in the areas of mm -hmm. peace and security at George Mason University in Virginia, in their Arlington campus, and also had engagements with the broader American community uh, and society, such as uh, those who are in Michigan State. I was also at Michigan State University engaging them on how could we rally our young people, in particular those Africans that are in the diaspora in different parts of the world, to support missions that and an, and an agenda for peace and development in an African continent? And how do we rally young people to take part and part and parcel of politics, to be involved in politics, and and drive campaigns that seeks to bring about change in different parts of the world? So I was also in those in those areas. I think that's how Web Summit saw me speaking in in different parts of the United States, and. Um, I ended up finding myself in a position where I was invited in a tech uh, conference to come and engage the audience on matters of peace, reconciliation, yeah. and human rights. Um, it was something that was puzzling for me to come into tech and uh, engaging uh, not uh, people not about technology, but rather on issues of uh, politics and international relations. But I accepted the invitation on the basis that there is indeed connection uh, between uh, politics and tech, politics and technology. I mean, are those two uh, professions, if they were to establish bridges, will be able to solve a lot of challenges that are currently facing our communities today. So if they create a space for one another, if they open a space in the table for for engagements and how best do we create and make sure that we pre we make this place a better place, uh, this world a better place for all, yeah. and so that the generations yet to come are able to enjoy the dividends of the struggles of our time. So this is this is the space that I in. This is that is how I found myself yeah. in this area in this space at the Web Summit. Yeah, I mean technology has a good side and a bad side actually you know or or evil side um we have a lot of um technology advantage uh, advancements um that improve our lives yes. you know we have really nice solutions that we can use 
um, we have fun on new tools like Facebook, but we have also tools um, that make our life easier. Yes. You know, um, just starting with some software that you're using when you're working on a business, um, mobile phones, internet, and so on. You know, uh, I heard lately that um, in Africa, a lot of drones are deployed, you know, for even delivering mm -hmm. and that that helps already kind of because um, the streets are not perfectly rooted, mm -hmm. but you know, a drone can reach mm -hmm. regions where you don't necessarily has a good mm -hmm. road to or yeah. something like that. Um, but the evil or bad side of technology is sometimes for me that let's say I don't know the exact number, but mm -hmm. let's say 1% of the people are working in the tech industry, mm -hmm. you know, and 1% of the world are defining uh, what people are going to use, mm -hmm. buy, and so on, you know, and mm -hmm. they get the control also about their data and so on. And yeah. especially when we talk about um, the misusage of the internet, um, we have examples like politicians, um, uh, I mean, that is already proven, right? That Trump used um, certain advertisements to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to win votes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, identify those people who are unsure about the voting mm -hmm. and give them mm -hmm. exactly very manipulative yeah. informations yeah. and target and retarget them. And I don't even want just to claim um, Trump for that, mm -hmm. but it is an example for that the technology world is not really regulated mm -hmm. you know that just that yes. can happen yeah, yeah. before that we had like problems with um, Cambridge Analytica mm -hmm. you heard about yes, the yes, case I, I heard about I heard that sucker yes uh, you know yeah so um, that is my experience with technology you know yeah. you have a very good side where I mean you have also a lot of health startups yeah, you know yeah. you have the big Bill Gates Foundation yeah. and so on you know um, who really do a lot of technology advancements mm -hmm. and then you have on the other side a very big unregulated yeah. technology world yeah yeah what, uh, what do you think about it or uh, do you see maybe a possibility for technology overcome the um, let's say, separation and conflicts that we have just talked before mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about? Well, um, well, Florian, I think um, any human, uh, any devices of human origin, um, anything that humans create uh, has an opportunity and yeah. also it has uh, disadvantages. We, I think it would be fair for us to assume that uh, anything that is created by human beings uh, is bound to be perfect, uh, but it, it it has its pros and cons, and so mm -hmm. is technology. Yeah, it, it, there are advantages of of technology. For instance, with with the fourth industrial revolution that we're currently uh, experiencing, sweeping throughout different continents in the world, yeah. it it brings advantages to humans. Totally. I mean, uh, 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 the, the, the issue of robotics and 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 and, and the the easy flow and access of information in different parts of the world it it helps to advance the human race but however at the same time there are disadvantages there and there take for instance uh the the, the question of inequality 
uh, uh, in, 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 in different parts of the world, um, you'll find a situation where majority of the countries find it difficult and even govern both government and private sector to create job opportunities for their own citizens. And many people, those who are anti uh, technological advancements are arguing that uh, the introduc introduction of uh, robotics in our communities is actually has a negative impact as it further opens up uh, the inequality gap and it mm -hmm. further opens it up a situation, a crisis of unemployment in different countries where people now are being replaced by robots yeah. and restaurants, you know. Uh, and if you look in the business sector and financial sector, we, be, we, we are now entering or we are in a phase where we're more likely to use um, online banking, do online banking as opposed to go to banks. And the question is, what then happens to those people uh, who mm -hmm. are working in, ba in banks? So I think yeah. what we need to also look at is not only the disadvantages of technology, but also look at the pro, uh, look at the advantages that it brings. And where we find challenges is to, for us to look at mitigating factors. If, for instance, you say, if I were to make an example about the financial sure. sector, if you were to say those people are the human capital that used to work in yeah. banks, what then happens with them when they are replaced by uh, 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 automotive machines, when they they are replaced by your apps, you know, you do online banking instead of going straight to the bank. What then happens to a person that was working in the bank? I think it's an opportunity then for such organization mm -hmm. to now empower the human race give more skills to enable them to adapt to the new changes. The reality is technology is here and the fourth industrial revolution is here and it's here to stay. Yeah, it's yeah, not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah. So humans need to then adapt into that. That means that we have a collective responsibility as those who work in tech and in government to find mitigating factors that are going to make sure that the human is not sidelined and the human is not uh, relegated into uh, a, a, a phase of poverty into an area of unemployment. The human is empowered in the process and is carried on in the advancement that we see both in our technology and in our communities. So I think um, technology, it's uh, the advancement in technology has its pros and cons. I mean, for, for instance, if you are talking about peace and conflict, uh, you'll find a situation where technology playing a significant role in areas that are highly um, affected by violent conflicts where drones, as you are saying, are used to deliver human, humanitarian aid in areas that were remotely located, that were not accessible to the human humanitarian organization. And now yeah. they're taking advantage of that technology to mitigate the effects of such conflicts in such areas. Take, for example, uh, an issue of... Uh, uh, an issue of Yemen, for instance, Neymar, those areas and Afghanistan, humanitarian organizations such as the Red Cross, Red Cross are taking advantages of the new technology to deliver humanitarian aid in areas where, for instance, they wouldn't be able to deliver because of uh, the, the, the intensity of violence in the ground in those particular yeah. countries. And also, for instance, if we were to take this, this argument further, you would also look at how... 
um, international organizations such, the, such as the International Crisis Group and such as the Human Rights Watch organizations or such as organizations such as the United Nations, mm -hmm. they use technology to, 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 to they've developed systems such as the early warning system in countries where there would be possible, there might be a possible relapse of violence. So they would use uh, technology to detect which country would have most likely going to have a violent conflict and then they attend to that they through preventive diplomacy as to so to speak through preventive diplomacy they then take advantage of what our technology is giving into us and also not only that i mean we 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 also take advantage of technology to document and to record the human rights violation in different parts of the world so that the world can see what is happening in Syria, the world can see what is happening in Democratic Republic yeah. of Congo, what is happening in Libya, something that would, in, in, a, di in a distant past, something that would, we wouldn't know what is currently happening in Libya, we wouldn't know what is cu currently happening in, in, in Palestine, in Neymar, but because of access to technology and the using that, uh, governments and different institutions are taking advantage of that to record the stories of people yeah. in Yemen, to record yeah. the stories yeah. of people in Syria. Now I'm sitting at the comfort of my, uh, or, uh, at the comfort zone in my, in, in, in my home in South Africa and I'm able to see issues happening in Yemen. I'm able to hear records of human rights violation happening in, in Palestine uh, by perpetrated by Israel against the people of Palestine and I'm able to be able to have yeah. a voice to speak against such injustices in different world stage because of technology. So I think yeah. there are advantages as much as there are disadvantages and what we need to focus on and how to mitigate are those disadvantages and how to build bridges to make sure that we carry the human wherever we go in, in the process of technological advancement. Totally. Uh, I'm 100% I'm um here on your side um for example i had just a talk with um the director of ai of mm -hmm. credit swiss yeah. so also a big bank mm -hmm. you know and they have also um like ngo projects mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she was talking really fascinated yeah. about a project in syria yeah. where they helped with the technology that they develop for the banking sector, mm -hmm. it's about authentication, you know, yeah. make sure that uh, just a single person, mm -hmm. just one person has one account or not two yeah. accounts at the bank and so on. So they facilitate that technology mm -hmm. to identify different sources yeah. in, in Syria, hospitals, um, in, in Turkey, you know, some refugees camps mm -hmm. and so on mm -hmm. to identify relatives within a database, you know, yeah, so yeah. help people to identify if their relatives are alive or, or not. Okay. But the last part when you when you said okay we need um you know uh, i mean you said okay technology has advantages and disadvantages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and somehow we need to 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 bridge maybe the disadvantages yeah, yeah. yeah so would it be just writing new human rights i could imagine on a human right on their own data maybe mm. or no no i think now um the the advancements mm -hmm. uh, within the technology sector has now provoked uh, governments in different, be it uh, United Nations, be it uh, 
uh, different states, it has provoked them to now look at how to protect our data, how to regulate this space yeah. such as technology. I think now we need um, to, to go back to our constitutions and go back to the drawing boards and uh, find ways to deal with the challenges that technology brings to us because yeah. it not only brings opportunities but it brings challenges as well such as the exploitation of data for instance uh, such as organization can be able to sell your data and benefit from your information so how do we then protect ourselves against such uh injustices i know so i think i, I think it's it, it has provided us with opportune time to now look at how to regulate the sector yeah you know yeah. and the regulation does it mean that we, we need to bring censorship no it's not necessarily censorship but how do we constructively in a developmental manner protect humans and protect our information and regulate the sector as much as we use the constitution to regulate how our leaders uh, to regulate the behaviors of our leaders yeah. the same thing must happen to technology we must regulate the, the manner and the behavior of those that are within that space of technology i think that's 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 the challenges that it has presented different governments with um and yeah and and the, and the most i think also um one of the issues that we need to deal with is how do we protect the sovereignty of different nations and yeah. the independence of different nations if you are now going to have technology where uh because within within the cyberspace within the technological uh field there are no borders you yeah, know people yeah, yeah. can control and can exploit a country sitting from thousands of miles away from that particular country because there are no borders you know how do we then help government to to create um mitigating uh factors or to create regulatory institutions to make sure that I their citizens are protected against all odds i mean there is cyber bullying that is currently happening there is scamming that is currently happening how and also you 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 mentioned earlier on about the manipulation of uh voting systems if we are going to go for instance online when it comes to voting how do we regulate that space to make sure that elections are not rigged as it was accused for donald trump that uh the russians somehow uh intervened and uh helped him to rigged the elections how do how do we how to mitigate such factors how to mitigate those challenges how to deal with with such challenges and yeah. how do you regulate that space that sector that is the most critical thing now that should be the agenda of each and every government totally i mean we started the talk with um some yeah violence and racism um situation within high schools and schools yeah. right mm -hmm. And uh, it's very interesting how we close now the cir circle mm -hmm. and coming to talk about bullying on the internet. Yeah. Because, you know, that is what a high school kid mm -hmm. definitely does, you yeah. know, on the internet, mm. on Facebook, mm. on Twitter. Yeah. Spread. Yeah. Maybe fake news, maybe really harsh words, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And because you can be anonymous on the internet kind of and 
you can spread an information so fast, you know? Yeah. So uh, let's say um, there is some incident, you know, yeah. and I want to hurt somebody and I have more followers than him on Instagram, you yeah. know? I can post on an Instagram story or something, mm -hmm. yes. something bad about that person and all your followers will believe you, your information, and this is kind of violence as well, right? Yeah. It's not physical yeah. violence, but yeah. um, we need to take it also more serious that um, internet bullying, mobbing people, uh, mobbing on people, and um, yeah, spread racism, mm. voice, hate yeah. speech, all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. that, that is maybe treated evenly like physical violence, or should be treated evenly like physical violence. No, well, I think um, I think it should be uh, regulated and it should yeah. be treated in the same manner we treat physical violence. I mean, cyberbullying is actually the root cause of the violence that you see at school yeah. in different parts of the world outside the United States because I've had experience of being in that country and I've seen the extent of violence in the schools. Oftentimes, uh, young people get so frustrated and because there is a lack of institutions that rehabilitate and uh, helped them to get over the trauma that they go through in, 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 in these cyber spaces and now they use schools to displace such frustra frustrations that they, they are receiving in all these different cyber spaces. So I think we also need to create institutions uh, that, that seeks to address cyberbullying, that seeks to address um, uh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm lacking words to describe the kind of violence it is. It's, it's, it's not physical violence. It's probably, um, it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a structural violence because it's not, it's, it's not a structure that you can, you can identify, but maybe it's cyber violence. We can call it cyber violence and how do we address, address that type of violence and how do we bring the people who are operating within that space into books? How do we bring them into justice? You know, I mean, because whatever they do, it is illegal and it has got devastating yeah. consequences to the victims of, yeah. of that particular yeah. violence. Yeah. And to those who suffer, the, uh, who become victims as a result of displacement of that frustration such as the shootings in the schools in the United States. How do we ha hold those people who the instigators, how do we hold them accountable, how do we take them into the books uh, of justice? So that I think that's, that's an issue that we need to focus on. Yeah, and yeah, we need yeah, to address definitely. it. Yeah, I, I had even a private story within um, that case um, where also cyberbullying took place. And I went then to the, to the police and said, hey guys, you need to do something against that, you know? And they were not doing anything, you know? Yeah. So uh, there is no regulation, not even the police takes it serious enough, you know? Mm -hmm. But so there are studies on people taking their lives, yeah. you know, <laughs> because of cyberbullying. Suicide, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. exactly. And... Yeah, that is a super, super crucial and important topic, I think. Mm. But let's go a little bit to the root of um, the wave of violence that you, you observed in high schools. What would you tell a kid 
that, I don't know, punch somebody else and make jokes on, can be anything, yeah, hey, he's maybe smaller, maybe he's fat, you know, maybe mm. may, maybe he has a um, different skin color. Yeah. Um, what would you tell such a such a kid when you when you face it so what would you do, how how would you convince him that what he did was wrong well i think um the first point of departure was would be to um to try and persuade a particular individual to say violence and hate yeah is not an answer to anything yeah. um it it is a path to destruction and um I, I I wouldn't imagine a world, a better place, a better world where, where violence is an order of the day. So I would actually argue and try to convince the particular individual that they must understand the extent of the hate and the extent of the bullying and the effects of such bullying to the victim and try to understand the trauma that victims go through and yeah. also educate them that you don't have to hate you don't have to bully people you know uh, love love is an answer because love comes more naturally than its opposite so i think i i think i would i would engage that person from a very compassionate and understanding point of view because oftentimes those who perpetuate um, or, or perpetuate bullying where first the victims of bullying maybe there are issues that they go through personal issues within their families and they use bullying as a way to displace the frustration that they are going through so they, yeah, they, yeah. they themselves need a space institutions where maybe they go to therapy and they talk about the issues that affect them you know and yeah, i think yeah. i think that's what i would I, I would focus on because oftentimes we 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 castrate the perpetrators as as though they themselves have no story to tell it might be that they use that as a mechanism to escape from their pain to escape from their anguish to escape from whatever that is suppressing them yeah, and exploiting yeah, yeah. them within themselves so whatever they're going through in their own personal life, they use violence as an escape. Yeah, they use yeah. violence as a platform to display. They displace such violence to other people. So it's critical to also consider the pain, what they go through as an individual and how to best address them and assist them in, 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 in dealing with the issues that they are going through. Definitely, yeah. Um, I heard or read, um, or it reminds me on a really nice quote, um somebody said once i think you, we, you so, sorry i think we have about two minutes yeah okay yeah. um so is, is the, the quote that yeah. that what you have just talked about um yeah. reminds me on is you should love people without a matter mm. because it is a fact that there's too much mm. hate out there yeah. in the world yeah. yeah so you know you you cannot be wrong mm. with being to a friend, uh, mm. to, to a person, um, friendly and of course maybe with love fulfilled, mm. without a matter, without a reason, yeah. because it's a fact that there's too much hate, too much violence, too much negative yeah. energy out there. Yeah. So you need just give something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and in fact, um, I think it was Nelson Mandela who argued later, earlier on in the 90s, that um, no one was born 
hating the other. Uh -huh. um, hate, hate is something that was taught. So if it's something that was inculcated into a particular individual, that person can also unlearn hate and learn to love. For love comes more naturally than yeah. its opposite. Yeah. That is me paraphrasing Nelson Mandela. And it's, it's quite true, even if in the context of South Africa, there is no white person in South Africa that was born to hate a black person in South Africa. They in, in everywhere, even in the United States, there is no, irrespective of race, whether you are white, you are never born to hate the black person. You know, yeah, yeah, you, sure. you were taught to hate. You were, it was institutionalized within yeah. you. It's the same thing that Hitler under the Nazi regime did, yeah. inculcated a spirit of hate to the people of to the German people to hate the Jews. They, they were not. They were not born to hate. It's something that we learn. So if we can learn to hate, we can also learn to love. For love comes more naturally. So I think those are some of the things, those are the three areas that we need to focus on in, 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 in educating our communities yeah, yeah. on how do we best love one another. Wonderful last mm. remarks and words yes. from you. Yeah, no, Super thank nice. You. Yeah, thank, um, you. thank you so much having you here. Thank um, you, thank you, brother. It was a good talk, I guess. Yeah, thank you. And uh, <laughs> it actually reminded me of the discussions as we were closing that we had when I was in Germany. Uh, back in, in, in 2010, that's one of the, I think those are some of the central the themes that we learned when we spent a month in, in Hanover and, uh, and in Hamburg, uh, in particular at uh, Anna Frank House in Hanover and in Bergen-Belsen uh, Museum as well. Those were some of the themes that we're learning. And um, it is true that learning uh, that has contributed to the work that I'm currently doing in advancing Nelson Mandela's legacy in areas of uh, human rights, uh, humanitarian actions, uh, peace and reconciliation. So thank you very much. And thank you to uh, the German community for yeah. uh, contributing in my development. Uh, um, I think uh, from 2010, eight years later, I'm now uh, here engaging the world stage on what I've learned in Germany and what I've mm -hmm. learned in different parts of the world. So thank you to the uh, German community as yeah. well, and cool. thank you, and thank you to you and your organization for giving me this platform to engage the world stage. Of course, thank you, brother. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you, man. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and please tell everybody to listen to that podcast. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe it, rate it, whatever works best for you. Write me an email. I love to get in touch with you and I mean it like I say it. So please enjoy the rest of your day and week and make the best out of it. Bye.